We've started a series on, um, on mental health and it's one of the most important things in our society right now, I think, for the church to be looking and thinking about. You know, we live in an age where mental health is increasing. Mental health issues are increasing. We, we live in an age where one in four people have a diagnosable mental health condition. Now listen, if, if you're here, if you're listening, and you have a mental health, mental ill health, you are so welcome in this place. You, you are in the right place. You know, Jesus is here because he loves you and his eyes are upon you. He, he adores you and he's just so glad that you're taking a step out of your comfort zone in order to be with him. Because in his presence there is fullness of joy. In his presence. Do you know, I think at this moment, actually, there's a... I was listening to Nicky Gumbel, who started the Alpha Course talk in the week, and he, he said, actually, we're on the verge of a mental health pandemic right now. And I, I would believe him. I would go with that as well. I think in a, in a time of uncertainty, we're more likely to, to go into a place where our mental health is not secure. Our, uh, our time, whether it be the pandemic that's going on with uh, the COVID at the moment, whether it be the, the, the fact that Brexit has happened and the country was so divided over that, whether it's the fact that, uh, you know, the economic situation, what's going to happen with my job, what's going to happen, whether it's the isolation that's happened because we've been in lockdown and been on our own. We're in a moment of uncertainty. So I, I, I love the fact that Hastings and Shane did that song, actually, because it's on Christ where we have that firm foundation. The wise man builds his house upon the rock, and that is where we have our firm foundation. That is the only foundation that we have. I'm gonna be looking at anxiety and, and especially stress today, uh, stress and anxiety and how they work together. Um, and if we're honest, we live in a really anxious age. We live in a hurry, fast, everything now, uh, even on the way here, you know, I was behind someone on Graham Park Way who was driving 20 miles an hour. And I was just thinking, was it Christina, was it? <laughs> but I was behind them and I'm like, you can go much faster down this road. I'm like, I'm not even late and I'm feeling like that. My, my anxiety to be somewhere early, it, it, it just like, it just gets to you. And we're in an anxious age of hurry. And, you know, I think, um, the, you go into a bookshop, or I looked on the Amazon this week at the highest trending books, and I think four out of the top 20 are self-help books. They're kind of how to get your mind in the right place. Or you go into the shop and you just see shelf after shelf of these self-help books of how do I get my life back into the right place? And the Christian bookshop isn't actually much better. You know, I got an email this week through, the, uh, through a book company that I buy books from. And they said, get, your, get the, your copy of the fastest ever selling Christian book, Gentle and Lowly, for those who are suffering. And then I, I, I know another big book at the minute is um, the, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which is just about trying to get rid of that hurry to reduce the anxiety in your life. And I, I just want to say, actually, you know, both those books are amazing books. I, I would highly recommend, if you have not read those books, Gentle and Lowly is an amazing book, and so is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, if you do have like, stress and anxiety going on, which most of us do in London. But it just shows that there's actually this thing of actually we are in an anxious age. We, we just are. So let's have a look at it. I'm going to be preaching from 1 Peter 5, 5 to 11, if you want to find it. 
The best way of finding it for me is generally the epistles of Paul were written and put in the Bible before Hebrews and the, the other epistles are after. So look after Hebrews and then a couple of books later. So while you're finding that, I just want to say a couple of things actually. So the next slide, it has a few things just to say actually. Every one of us has stress and anxiety. Every single one of us has it. You know, we, um, they're human emotions which are natural and normal. And when in a good and normal place, they're actually quite helpful. Think about going to the gym, so put it into a physical context. I'll go to the gym and I'll lift a bar, I'll lift some weights and I'll put some more weight on it to increase the stress on my muscle so that my muscle tears a bit, but then it grows and develops when it, when it heals and recovers. If I then put like more and more weights on because I'm feeling like He-Man or I'm trying to impress you, uh, and I just let it drop and my, my chest rips completely open and every muscle opens up and the pressure is too high, the stress is too high for my muscle to cope. And then the repairing of that muscle it, isn't possible. <laughs> it's either not possible or not, or it takes a very, very long time. And it's the same with your mental health. You, you know, you, you might uh, all of a sudden get under loads of pressure. So you uh, lose a job or you can't find a job, or you, or you get a better job, uh, and the pressure increases, and, and you're like, oh, okay, I can take this, I can handle it, and then you're like, oh, maybe I can't handle it, and your anxiety gets a bit higher, and then the stress comes in when someone else asks you to do someone else, and then you've not just got to think about your job, but then you've got to think about your family, and then you've not got to just think about your family, but you've got to think about your friends, and then you've not got to think about your friends, but you've got to think about those who are struggling, and, and then it's it, it just pressure. <laughs> the stress and the pressure of life. Stress tends to be an external thing, so you're getting all these external pressures coming at you, whereas anxiety tends to be an internal issue going on. So you're having uh, all these thoughts going on where you're like, oh, okay, this happens, that happens, this happens, that, you know, and you, you're like, am I going to be able to provide? Am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to, uh, am I the right person for this? Am I, am I doing a good job? Am I, and, and the thoughts, oh, I'm not good enough, start to highlight, and the anxiety and the stress together compound it. So how do we live differently as Christians in this age? Are you feeling anxious? I feel like I've put loads of anxiety out there already. <laughs> like I'm bouncing around. And <laughs> I just want to highlight one last thing before, it, before I go into 1 Peter 5. And that is that um, while everyone has stress and anxiety, some people do have diagnosable conditions. And I, we would be people at Trinity who say, you know, seek help. Don't, don't be scared of seeking help. Don't be scared of going to a doctor. Don't be scared of asking for medical help as well as friends and family as well. Do everything you can. Get the help that you can. The help's out there. And, and we would say actually do seek medical advice as well. There's no shame in it. There is a stigma in our culture, but we need to get beyond it. We need to move well beyond that. So how do we live differently? I'm going to read 1 Peter 5. 5 to 11 and I'm going to start in 1 Peter 5 verse 5 it starts uh, I'm going to start with a proverb uh, which is like the bit in quotations so God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you casting all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you 
Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore you, confirm, strengthen and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Living in a place of overwhelmed anxiety and stress is not the best that God has for you. God has much better for you. My first point from this chapter is actually that you you need to be someone who realises you're not the centre of the universe. You need to humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. As I said before, lots of the the bookshops and the things that Amazon are selling at the minute are self-help books. The world's message to you is that the answer is within. You've got the answer within you. You can work it out. You can process it. It's all within the human. And it puts the human at the centre of everything. It puts us at the centre of our world. And our society is very much of that message. I would like to say this to you right now. You are not the centre of the world and you are not the centre of your world. God is the centre of it all. And what we have to learn to do is humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Because as you get to know who God is, you will be freed from the anxieties that you have. As you see the mighty hand of God, the mighty hand of God, Let's just reflect a little bit on, on who God is. And I, I'm going to do this from Isaiah 9. Because this is, I, I could have done it in this passage. If I wanted to be really clean, I could have done it in this passage because it talks about the mighty hand of God and you can see the mightiness. It talks about the, the fact that we are saved to eternal glory in Christ. It talks about uh, the, the strength of God. It talks about his dominion forever and ever. But actually this week I really wanted to preach from Isaiah 9, so I'm going to go to it. And these are the words, and I I just found them really powerful, actually. Isaiah 9, verse 6 onwards. For to us a child is born, a son is given, the government will rest on the shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the lords of heaven's armies will make this happen. God is a wonderful counsellor. That means you can come to him and you can speak to him and you can be counselled by him. You can speak through all your problems with God and he will, he will listen and hear and, and he, will, he will be the best counsellor that you ever come to and put your stuff in front of. He is a mighty God. He's in control. He's ruling. He's reigning. He's powerful. He's mighty. He has dominion over all things. Whether it feels like it or not, he has dominion over all things. He has an almighty, incredible plan. God is almighty and he is sovereign over all things. He is the everlasting father. He cares for you. He knows you. He's the one that provides for you. He's the one that provides your provision for you. He's the one that protects you and guards you and you have safety in. He's the one that puts a hedge around you so that you're safe in this world. He's the one where you're safe and your safety comes from. 
And he is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. His ruling peace can come into your life because he is the Prince of Peace. Sometimes when I'm in an anxious place, I find it actually that I can sometimes treat the Bible as a bit of a self-help book. I'm at risk of treating the Bible as a self-help book. So I come to the Bible and I think, okay, this is what I need to do today. And then this is what I need to do, okay, and then I need to do it, and then I don't do it. And then I come back to the Bible, okay, this is what I need to do, and then I don't do it. And at that point, my anxiety increases. And actually, I think that is treating this wonderful word of God as religion. Religion will never set you free. A religious spirit will never set you free. It will only put you under law. Whereas God says, I am your father. I'm living, I'm active, I am here, I am for you. Come to God. Don't come to religion, come to God. God Almighty who loves you and wants to be in your presence, who wants you to be, he waits for you and he longs for you to come and encounter and be with him. He enjoys you, he's a living and active, powerful God. Spend time with God, prioritise him and he will speak to you in that place and he will comfort you and he will put a balm of peace over your life. He will comfort you. So the first point is to humble yourself under his mighty hand. The second point is this, that he may exalt you at the right time. Our society says some things to us. Okay, by the age of 20, you need to have done this. By the age of 30, you need to have done this. By the age of 40, you need to have done this. By the age of 50, you need to have done this. And then I'm hitting 40 and I've not done what I should have done when I'm nearly 20. And then I've not done what I should have done by the time I'm, you know, and, and, and you're like, and, you, and you, it just gives this message of failure to you. And actually, no, I'm failing at life. I'm not, I'm not doing the things that actually I, uh, my, I, that everyone around me is doing and that I should be doing. And actually, God's word is different. He says, he will exalt you at the right time. You have to know that he will lift you up at the right time. As you rest in him, as you spend time with him, as you enjoy him, as you fellowship with him, he will lead you through life. He will be the good shepherd that speaks on and gives you direction, gives you guidance. He will be the one that says, okay, it's time to do this now. He will open the right doors at the right time. And you have to have a confidence of this, that it is not your plans and purposes, but his plans and purposes that will make things happen. And he cares about your dreams and your desires. He cares if you're wanting to get married and you're not married. He cares about if you want to have children and you're not having children. He cares about if you're not getting the right job and you're not in that job. He he cares. But it's under his mighty hand. It's his plan and he will exalt you at the right time. He is the only firm foundation and he will speak his plan into place. Trust in him and he will exalt you at the right time. Cast all your anxieties and burdens upon him. Now, me and, me and Zoe are quite different when we, we think about our stress. Because Zoe will sit there with lots of thoughts in her mind and they'll go round and round her head. Whereas, I'll let you into a little secret. When I'm really stressed, my head goes blank. When I'm feeling anxious, my head just goes blank. So I'll just sit there thinking about nothing. Neither of these things get us anywhere. (laughs) She thinks about too much and I think about nothing while thinking there's something to think about. (laughs) 
So we need, I need to have a strategy of how I cast my burdens upon God. And I call this presence-filled planning. This is how I do my planning or my processing of, of the stresses going on. So I, I like to have a big uh, white piece of paper, or it can be any colour, I don't know why, why it's just normal, the normal colour of paper, isn't it? Or a whiteboard or something like that. And I, I just get into God's presence and I start praying and things come to mind, you know, that you, that you want to pray about or that you think, oh, I've not done that yet. And I just write it down and I write it down on the piece of paper. And what I have, you know, within a little bit of time is all these different things that are I'm meant to be thinking about that I'm not thinking about because I'm presenceville planning. Who knows, those thoughts even come to me when I'm trying to pray. Um, and as I write them down, it makes me help, gets me to a place where I then can process, okay, well, how, God, what do I do about these things? Mm. You know, if it's anxieties and it's just things going in my head, how do I deal with this insecurity? How, how do I deal with this worry about the, oh God, I'm going to put it upon you. <laughs> I'm going to take this stress off me, take this weight off me, or burden on me, and I'm going to put it onto you, God. Or if it's a stress thing and, you know, trying to uh, resolve something stress, you know, I pray, okay, God, what is my next step to do in that? And I write it down on that bit of paper. And it just really helps me to have it, but, but not to separate the two. So not kind of, okay, I'm going to go spend some time with Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. And then come back to my stresses. But actually in that place of his presence to do the planning, to do the processing, to do the, you know, while you're still encountering the Father, because he's the one that gives you direction. So that's how I cast my burdens upon him. And, it, and it, I go in with this big weighty rucksack on my back, <laughs> not knowing what's in it for me, so he knows exactly what's in it. But, and then I, I put it on God and I put it on Jesus and, and he takes my burdens. And he gives me ways forward with how to do it. So presence-filled planning is my best bit of advice for you. Know that he cares for you. Sometimes when we're in a place of anxiety and stress, we can get to a place of actually, uh, I'm failing, and I, you know, I don't think God probably wants to spend time with me. During lockdown, I was, uh, had a close friend who, who heard that his son was in uh, a city up north and uh, and he heard his son was really struggling with this kind of stuff anxiety and stress and getting lost in it so what he did was he shut the door and he ignored his son no he didn't he jumped straight into his car and he went against lockdown rules and he went against this and that and the other and he drove straight within half an hour he was in his car and heading up to see his son because a father longs to be with his son God longs to be with you. He cares for you. He's your good, good father and he wants to be with you. You know, there's the, the only thing that's stopping you entering his presence is you. He is there waiting for you. He wants to be there with you there. And he wants to, he, he's your father and, and he wants to give you solutions. He wants to give you answers. He, uh, sometimes you won't have answers, but just by being in his presence, you'll get kind of a peace over you. Sometimes there's questions that he won't give you the answer to, but actually you'll get peace in the midst of it. And your anxieties will quell down. Be sober-minded. I think this means two things. I think the first thing is, and it talks about it later, being firm in your faith. Be sober-minded. Try and think rationally. 
You know, when you're anxious, you're not thinking rationally. Try to think rationally. Try as hard as you can to think as rationally as you possibly can. And write down that, that, that on your paper as well. Because actually, as you think rationally, it helps you. You're sober-minded. You know, quite often when you're in a place of anxiety or stress, or I do, you know, doubts can increase about whether God is real or whether this is real or whether that is real. Or, and, and then I'm like, okay, I'm really insecure at this moment. I've become really insecure in this place. And actually, what you have to do is you have to think rationally because it's the truth that will set you free. God is true. God is real. God is my firm foundation. God is my provider. God is my security. And you have to have these firm foundations that you're thinking about rationally and knowing because as you pray and process those things through, the truth sets you free. The truth stops you from shaking. The ground stops shaking beneath you. The truth will set you free. But be sober-minded. Also, something tempting when you're in a place of anxiety is to go to something else to, to, to kind of quench your anxieties. Alcohol, drugs, whatever it is. You know, you, but be sober-minded make good decisions. Actually, when I'm feeling anxious, I purposefully make a decision to not drink any alcohol. I, you know, it's only gonna make it worse. It might make it better for an evening, but the next day I'm gonna feel worse. Alcohol and caffeine can make anxiety worse. Be sober-minded, know the truth. Set boundaries for yourself. You have an enemy so there is spiritual attack. Don't lose sight of that. The devil is real and you will come under spiritual attack. Especially when you're in an anxious place, actually, because you become easier. <laughs> it's easier to tempt you away from God in those moments. It's easier to set you off track in those moments. Know that you have an enemy, but know that the enemy is like this is what the wording says. Know that you have an enemy who is like a devil, uh, like, a, like a lion. He's not a lion. He's not powerful. He roars and it's like a meow. The lion of Judah is powerful. The lion of Judah, the lion of the tribe of Judah is the powerful one. You have a devil who will want to uh, take you away from the lion of Judah and he'll say things which make you think he's powerful, but actually no. The powerful one is the Lion of Judah. Good. My final point is this, have an eternal perspective on life. It says in here that, that he has power forever and ever, dominion forever and ever. But he says he will establish you within that. Have an eternal perspective. It's so easy when you're in a stressed place to think actually this is it now and you give up on the next step. You cannot give up in that place. You cannot give up in that place of anxiety or stress. He has an eternal perspective. We go through seasons of ups and downs, seasons. The seasons come and go, they change and they, they waft, but God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Have an eternal perspective. Yeah. And even within, within your, your health, have an eternal perspective. Have an eternal perspective. Death is not the end. Jesus has swallowed up the victory. There's no need to fear death. While I was thinking about this, this week we've been planning the, um, the summer series and we're going to be talking about the kingdom of God and the, the signs that come 
or, or the things that we'd expect to see breaking out as the kingdom breaks out. And two of the main things that we, you see again and again is that peace comes and that joy comes. When the kingdom of God is coming in power, peace and joy multiplies. And it just made me really interested that two of the main diagnoses for mental health in the UK at the moment are depression and anxiety. Depression, the opposite of joy. Anxiety, the opposite of peace. When the kingdom of heaven comes, his peace and his joy can break out. And he tells us actually in the Lord's Prayer, doesn't he, when he's teaching us to pray, he says, let your kingdom come on earth now. And that's what I'd really like to pray for you now. I'd like to pray for everyone. I'm not going to ask anyone to um, single themselves out, but I'd like everyone to respond and stand actually. And Hastings and Shane, if you could come back up. Because I believe God has a, God says his kingdom is here. His kingdom is near. Go out and preach the kingdom of God. And I'd just really like us all to receive right now the peace and the joy of the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to pray. So come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come like a powerful king. (laughs) Come Prince of Peace. Come Prince of Peace. Come Prince of Peace. God, I just pray that your peace would fall upon your people now, Lord Jesus. Lord God, we give you our anxieties. We put them upon you right now. And we say, come and bring your kingdom of peace, Lord Jesus. Come and bring your kingdom of peace, Lord Jesus. Come and bring your kingdom of peace, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come in your mighty power, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come in your power now. Come in your spirit now. And I just feel that God is going to embalm you with his peace, actually. He's going to, like when you have a graze and you put some, like, antiseptic on it, he's going to just put, a, put peace over you now. Just rub his balm on you now. Come, Holy Spirit. He's going to anoint you with peace. The anointing of his peace in this place. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Father God. Thank you, Lord God, that you love us. Thank you that you want us in your presence, Lord. Thank you that you're, you have good plans for us, Lord. And I just pray now your peace over your people, Lord. And Lord, I thank you that you have joy for the future for us, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you have a joy-filled future, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you have good plans, Lord God, and there's joy and fullness of joy in your presence, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Break out in joy in this place, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. More joy, Lord. More of your joy, Lord. Let it break out, Lord God. Let Let your people hear your laugh, Lord Jesus. Let your people get caught up in your laugh, Father God. Your joy, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. 
sur na 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 sur na 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 sur sur na 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 Lord God, let it be a, a lasting peace, Lord Jesus. Lord God, we want a lasting peace, Lord God. Not just a peace in this moment, Lord God, but a, a peace going forward, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I thank you that you said you gave us the keys to the kingdom. So I pray now, Lord God, for anyone locked up in anxiety, Lord Jesus, that you would unlock their hearts, Lord. Unlock their hearts, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Let freedom reign, Lord Jesus. Let freedom come in this place, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Ooh. Ooh. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're a good, good Father, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah, Lord. Mm. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, come, Lord. Mm. And I believe God is going to place a calling upon you not just to be receivers of the kingdom but to be bringers of the kingdom to be bringers of peace into your workplace I believe that this week God has peace for your workplace as you walk into that place your peace comes the peace of God which goes beyond understanding I pray Lord that, that you would know the joy of the Lord coming in your workplaces, the joy of the Lord coming in your household, the joy of the Lord coming. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Surmanana. Thank you, Lord. The joy of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that your kingdom is at hand, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Look, let us be kingdom bringers in this place, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Come, Jesus. Oh,